My name's Toby Shapshak, and I like to speak to interesting people about interesting things. And clearly, the most interesting thing in the world right now, and especially in Africa, and especially in South Africa with its very well-developed financial services market, is fintech. Financial technology or fintech startups are, are, are seen as real challenges to the banking status quo. And there's one man and one team that probably know more about banks than any other startup because Michael Yodan was the CEO of F&B, one of South Africa's largest banks. And, and uh, along with the rest of the people in Bank Zero, which has just recently launched, they all worked in very senior positions in F&B. So they understand the traditional way banks are being run, but they've come up with a really fantastic value proposition, which is in their name, Bank Zero. The bank fees will be zero. So, hello, Michael, you're Don. Hi, Toby. Very nice to be speaking to you again. I mean, you just can't get enough of banking, can you? I mean, I thought you'd had enough when you left F&B after a decade as the CEO, and now you're trying to reinvent it. Toby, I'm a geek at heart, um, and there's something about banking and finance that, you know, allows you to be a geek because it's intellectually stimulating. But I think maybe more important than that, life is about people, right? And successful in life if you surround yourself with people who are better than you. And uh, that's all that's happened here in Bank Zero. There's a team there led by Yatin Arsi um, and a couple of other of his and my ex-colleagues. And, um, you know, when you surround yourself with people who are better than you, then amazing things can happen. You know, I heard you say that for years uh, while you were the CEO of F&B. And I have to say that in my small business, I've done that. I've hired people smarter and better than me. So thank you for the advice. But I, I, I suppose the thing about banking is that it is about people but the complexity has been insane you know it's to to run a bank was a big deal not so much anymore it's remarkable you can launch a new bank as you have you've got cloud-based services from ibm you, you don't have to have all of the other infrastructure and the sign-on process using a smartphone i thought was very slick very quick very slick maybe five minutes in total and bang, I had a Bank Zero account. And, it, you know, I, I just want to talk to you about your thinking about how banking on a smartphone is, is, is what we've all become accustomed to. We do everything on a smartphone now. Well, I'm glad you signed up, Toby. And, of course, um, there's no barrier to entry, you know, given that nearly everything on the account is free. Um, I also saw you that you actually tweeted your debit card that you received with your own smartphone. Um, I'm not a, can we just stop it? We just talk about that. That's a great feature, you know, having your picture on your card. You know, it's your card. If someone goes to uh, try and use your credit card and they're not the person on the card, the picture on the card, that's a great safety feature. Also, it's a lovely piece of personalization. Uh, absolutely correct because, you know, it's so easy to just become a number. And we found that the selfie is very popular, particularly amongst the younger crowd, but not you know, everybody likes to have, um, you know, something of themselves. And by the way, you can, you can change this regularly if you want to. One of the features of the card is that um, the number that you use for online subscriptions doesn't change. You know that when you change a card and now you have to update, um, I don't know, Uber and Apple and take a lot wherever you shop. Um, with the, the Bank Zero card, you don't need to uh, do that because of a special patented uh, security feature. Um, so... What happened here is we were able to rethink banking from first principles. So it's 
It's focused on transactional banking. And yes, you're right, you want to make it simple. So it's simple in the sense that it's just an app on a phone plus a card. It's simple in the sense that we try to remove all electronic fees wherever we could. So pricing is zero. Um, but there is a lot of complexity behind allowing all these innovations. And that you can only do if you have really deep insight into the, the plumbing of banking. And that's clearly what the team has done. That plus deep insight into tech and what tech allows these days. So uh, it was a massive, massive challenge. But um, the team will tell you that it's, it's also incredible to be in the process of creation, creating something that goes from nothing, just an idea on a whiteboard, to what is to be a bank out there. Yeah, I, I have to say, every time I speak to anyone in your team, they are filled with enthusiasm in, uh, in, a, in exactly the right kind of way. Um, and you and Yatin worked together at F&B, and, and, and Redwine played no part in uh, the development of this bank, if I'm correct. Well, you know, it's a story I don't mind telling. Um, I don't know if he necessarily wants um, all these great thoughts tied to like one event with mine, but uh, really we were just debating what one would do without legacy. And there are two types of legacy. The one, of course, is tech legacy. You know, your system prevents you from doing certain things. But there's also business model legacy. That's when... You know, the way you make your profits are predicated on certain things. In this case, um, high bank fees in South Africa. And we said, look, what if you don't have to rely on very high bank fees and you, and you could get away with zero? And, you know, that type of thinking then eventually led to um, actually the identification of the mutual bank uh, as a way that we could start a bank with lesser capital requirements than a commercial bank. Um, and then, you know, getting the team, getting going, starting to do a license application, which is still a very tough thing to do, which, which we have, it's great. And then tech, starting from scratch. I mean, it's fascinating, right? And obviously, I've been talking to you about this off the record for the last two years or more. It's really fascinating for me. If you did something brand new from scratch, how would you do it? And it's, 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 we live in a world of transitions right now. We are transitioning from all sorts of old legacy things to new things. We're going from petrol cars to electric cars, from complicated, complex banking infrastructure. And nowadays, it's it's so simple to open a bank account. I remember the first bank account I opened, I had to go to the branch, meet the manager, sign on a piece of paper if I wanted to enter. It was a mutual bank. Uh, I remember the distinction when I was a kid. There was a very clear distinction. Mutual banks are where you saved. Um, uh, and certainly in the, you know, in the, the community I grew up in. And we live in a world where, where you don't have to do that anymore. And, and I mean, I have a legacy business. I print uh, a piece of paper. I mean, you know, the great thing about COVID for us was that we've been inching slowly, slowly towards this switch over or the, or, or the predominance of digital. And, and in a year because of COVID, because people couldn't get help, because people couldn't go out, they had to learn the skills themselves. And I watched a very clear change in people's behavior in the last year alone. I mean, it's an acceleration over the last 30 years. But in the last year, people have become much more adept and adaptive of using new technology. Yes, I suppose um, what's also been happening in South Africa is data costs, which for very long were very high, have in fact been reducing. Probably scope for it to do so more, but data has come down. Data has been proliferating 
five G is out there now. So so there's more access. There are more smartphones. So more and more people can afford smartphones. They used to be out of reach uh, for everyone. I think in three years' time, maybe every new phone sold will be a smartphone, and future phones will be behind us. So access has helped, but then in a perverse way, lockdown and COVID also helped bring a whole lot of people um, online. And they started doing things differently, like, you know, online shopping and online schooling. And the thing is, once you've done it and you've seen how easy it is, and once you've done it regularly, you know, for over a certain amount of time, then, you know, there's no going back. Totally. And I, I mean, I suppose we, we've had lots of conversations about if you can do everything on a phone with WhatsApp, why, why shouldn't banking be like WhatsApp? And I think you've managed to create that. It is a very easy experience to use, to register, to order a credit card with your picture on. Slick and simple, as it should be. But, but now, Toby, think about it. If you had to now devise Facebook, but you did it by having 600 branches of Facebook across the country, you know, just in South Africa, that would seem crazy, right? Same with Google, with Twitter. You know, why do you need the branches? And it's basically the same with banking. If you really start thinking from first principles, you just say, let's not have branches. And, you know, where possible, let's not have any paperwork. And even if there are requirements on account opening because, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, FICA and money laundering and all those things are taken care of, um, access to electronic databases make, means that you can do better than if you relied on a manual type of process. So it really was just uh, reimagining what banking could be. And banking definitely is mobile. You know, people don't just want to um, be stationary um, or just uh, be reliant on a branch. They want to be mobile. Um, and then once you've uh, you made that leap of faith, then you can also say, but the cost structure shouldn't be prohibitive. You know, Google, the immense value, you have access to all the knowledge in the world for free. Uh, Facebook, immense value, you have access to all your friends all over the world. You can follow their daily moves for free. Why can't banking be free to that? Indeed, and and you've definitely demonstrated you can do it. I mean, it, uh, I know you all you founders have put in the money to make it happen. So it hasn't. You haven't done it for free. Uh, it's cost a few bottles of wine, I would imagine, and you had to get regulatory approval from the Reserve Bank, who are very tough on new banks. So the fact that you've got this is 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 a sign that they they think you got it. Yeah. Toby, let's, let's just talk about that for a while because, you know, it may be interesting for other startups in South Africa, you know, not just banking. Um, of course, it, it, it cost us something, um, but the, the model that, that your team structured here was very interesting. The founders actually didn't draw salary or still aren't drawing a yeah. salary. And in fact, they put up capital and they got equity ownership. So they were willing to forego, you know, current income um, for a future payoff. So that already made costs yeah. very low. The second thing then is speaking, designing, and building everything ourselves, the entire tech stack. Now, there are these days, you know, banking packages that you can buy out there, you know, banking as a service type of software. Really? But, um, <laughs> but great. it's much better to develop it ourselves, not only from a cost perspective, but also because it is then a platform for the type of innovation that we wanted to unleash uh, into the market. And as the cost of launching this bank is a fraction of what it would cost to, you know, to run a legacy bank. But I would say even a fraction of the cost of the other uh, challenger banks that are out there. So this gives you a huge competitive advantage that you don't have a high running cost. 
And so once again, you can go into the market with it on a very price competitive basis. And I'm suggesting this is a model that other startups should also follow, you know, um, sacrifice um, salary in the short term, um, spec and develop everything yourself with the right uh, team of people. And you'll come out at the end with something that's highly competitive compared to uh, the rest of the market. I, I mean, I, I love to hear you talk about other startups because you are, you know, uh, a very high profile investor in startups, um, albeit I, th- I think you invested in 20. And yet you have a startup of your own. So, um, it must be like a really fascinating combination of, of building something yourself that you used to work in whilst helping other small businesses or other startups build something. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I think it's the process of creation that you can create something new that, that appeals to me. So you can dream of an alternate future. And you know the best way to create that, I think, is through a startup. It's like a wonderful vehicle that, that takes the world forward. And then the second bit is that the people who typically um, start these businesses are interesting, fascinating people. They, they normal, they're sometimes quite unreasonable, um, you know, in the unreasonable sense of, you know, trying to change the world to shape what they want to do. Um, and and I, I like that, you know, I like these interesting people with lots of energy who can conceive an alternate universe. And maybe importantly, from an investment perspective, they have a track record of execution as well. Because it's not just about idea forming or ideation. A hell of a is then about taking um, what you've envisaged and making it reality through implementation. That's actually the tough bit. If you can get that right, then you can create the future that you want. Indeed. In fact, you use the word unreasonable. And, and George Bernard Shaw had a brilliant quote that a, my best friend's father told to us when we were teenagers, which is the unreasonable man. Obviously, George Bernard Shaw was writing in a period where you spoke about man as opposed to person. But he said the reasonable man adapts himself to the world and the unreasonable man adapts the world to himself. And I really like that. And, and, and it's good that you've been unreasonable because this is how new developments, new innovation, new breakthroughs are made. When someone goes, there has to be a simpler way to do this, you know, uh, be it from the plow to smartphone banking. That's right. So he didn't know it, but George Bennett Shaw was, in fact, also speaking about startups at the time. You know, there's, and you need to have a certain belief that the current reality isn't as good as it can be. And you need to know what the alternative is and how to get there. Um, you know, obviously, sometimes the world gives you feedback and, and um, then the world can be right and you can be wrong. But typically, if you work with the right people who have the right insight into a business um, and, and, and really, really understand, you, you know, how the system, the overall system works, um, I think they are best positioned to change it. Certainly what thanks to you have with very deep uh, knowledge um, of banking and of technology. It's not a big team, um, but, it's a, but it's a very uh, insightful uh, team with very deep knowledge. Um, and they have this track record of execution from before. And then it is quite amazing when a plan comes together. <laughs> That's a great phrase. I mean, I, I, and I think so. I mean, I've seen the, the, the incredible excitement around banks here. And there are lots of other so-called challenger banks, bank, Discovery Bank, uh, Capitech, I suppose, is still thought of some uh, occasionally as a challenger, even though it's one of the large banks now. Time Bank. There's a bunch of of, of people doing very interesting things, and I, and I'm I'm impressed to see it because what does the future look like? The future doesn't look like what 
the past looks like, you know, and we have to rethink our patterns and, and legacy, legacy equipment and systems is as much about a legacy way of thinking, isn't it, Michael? I mean, you, you know, you, you've, you managed to get people at F&B to think in a different way to get out of the, the branch mindset into the app mindset. Um, you know, it's this kind of, change of behavior that is as important as the change in technology and 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 like you say the change in business model the business models have to change it's it you know what does a modern bank look like what does a modern media company look like you know what does a modern broadcaster look like they don't look like the things that came before them i need to say that we have a very sophisticated banking market in south africa and as a newcomer, we understand um, we're up against some very, very competent competitors out there. You know, we're not taking anything for granted. I mean, all those names that you mentioned um, are, are highly aspirational businesses. Um, however, what we've got for us is, again, this team of, you know, this a dream team, a very low cost base. You know, I'm really proud to say that there are only 50 people working for Bank Zero. So, you know, it costs very low. It gives you a whole range of strategic options and then most importantly as proud as we are of you know that the app or apps on the on the different operating system that we've launched and the card um that is the beginning i think where one can always make a mistake is to judge um a value proposition of a startup by the, the thing that they launched you need to at some stage launch um and but that doesn't mean that the innovation stops there and the momentum doesn't stop there so again, you know, with the team that we have, I, I would back them that they've created this um, with lots and lots of advanced functionality that doesn't exist in the South African market or in some cases anywhere globally that, you know, the app is going to improve, the functionality is going to improve, and it's going to be in a completely different place where it is in uh, three years' time. Now, you say, where will things go? Clearly, the incumbents are going to come at us. They're going to, you know, have a go at functionality. I think it's going to be tough for them to follow on the fee side, you know, because, you know, giving fee-free electronic banking to all, all of South Africa will cost many billions of rands. So that's going to be the interesting competitive space as we try and compete away those billions of rands. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to name drop, but the last person I, I interviewed was Andre Dereta, the Eskom CEO. And I, I was just impressed of obviously all the stuff he's done and a presentation he's done for the presidential climate change and how Eskom wants to become a, a modern power utility. And that's an entirely different set of challenges. Um, obviously, but, but, but it's, it just, it's, it shows the two different perspectives and listening to both of you speak, both of you have such a clear vision of what, what you don't want and where you want to be. And I suppose that's part of, changing the world isn't it you've really got to know what you don't want and and that's often a very good starting place so i agree with you lots of services launch they launch with one or two things you know no one you know instagram launched with a whole bunch of filters to make your pictures look better uh, you know was that the usp or was the network of people that started using it their net their usp who knows but it's i, I agree with you uh, uh, people will judge any new startup on their first product, I, I, you know, I disagree. I mean, I, I bank with F&B and I still have issues with things they've been doing and the bank's over a hundred years old. So, you know, that's, that, but that's human nature, isn't it? Um, people are going to look for the good and for the bad. 
But luckily, in, in Bank Zero's case, it's, there's a, a celebrity banker, as uh, Forbes uh, calls you. <laughs> as such, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to handle that particular label. But what I did want to say about focus is I think it applies to startups. I mean, you only have so many resources. You need to make an impact. Um, you can't make your product too complex. You've got to make one thing exceptionally good. Um, you know, people say it must be 10 times better than whatever solution is out there. But that, that question of focus is equally valid for large companies. You know, in strategy, um, they say the, the things you say no to are sometimes far more important than the things you say yes to. So if companies try and do everything for everyone or conglomerates that have too wide, uh, you know, an amount of investments or, um, you know, too broad a customer range and so on, those are the ones that are going to struggle in the future because they will be sniped at by startups that raise a focus on different parts of their value chain. So um, if I can just extend that, you know, what we as Bank Zero don't want to do is we don't want to do things where we don't think we can make a difference. And right now, that includes insurance and lending and asset management. You know, we raise a shop focused on transactional banking, electronic transactional banking, mobile banking, and uh, places where we believe we can do it for zero fees. And that is a big enough piece of the entire value chain that we think we can make a significant difference there. So uh, for the time being, we don't want to go anywhere else. Uh, uh, look, I mean, uh, yeah, so you, you just focused on transactional banking and saving. I like the way you put that, um, as if those were just two small things. But, but I do know that that's that's exactly the right strategy. You know, if we're going to step away from talking about banking and talk about startups, that's where startups have the most brilliant opportunity to do something great uh, and useful and worthwhile by, by going where those big gaps are. And those gaps are, they are definitely there. Banking fees in South Africa are simply too expensive. I, I know lots of people who just can't afford it. So it's an opportunity for people who would never be able to afford a bank account to have a bank account. Yeah. It's got to help, I think, um, that you have this vision and you can see where it's going and you, you truly get that, that banking can be something that can and help much more people as opposed to people who can just afford a, a bank account or, or, or can't afford a bank account or credit cards. This is, this is clearly your ultimate vision, isn't it? Well, Toby, um, while Bank Zero is available to anyone with a smartphone, we also aimed much higher into the business market um, because we think that is where um, excessive bank fees are, are, are more prevalent in South Africa. You know, businesses have been suffering under COVID um, and they can become more efficient by lobbing off a couple of hundred rands a month in, in bank fees. That's great for them and it's great for the economy because that's where jobs are being created. So part of the value proposition isn't just um, being very competitive on, on pricing, it's actually that we um, have implemented complex functionality that you can now do from your smartphone. For example, setting up mandates for different people in the business. So you could be the business, but if you, you know, want to go on a wine tour, um, you could have up to three levels of delegation, um, you know, different amounts, different people who then authorize transactions. So so the fact that you can open an account as a business and do that all without any paperwork, it's all done electronically, those are actually powerful banking features that 
don't exist in the market yet. I have to say that I am very keen to try that for one of my businesses because I've noticed, you know, it's a small startup and there are huge bank fees. So I'm very keen to see that. And I, and I, I agree with you, you know, any amount of money you save, I run a small business, any amount of money you save is, is better in terms of profitability. I mean, I studied English literature, but I understand this. You know, if you save money, you're more profitable than having to earn money to cover it because then you've got to pay half in tax and this and that. And so whenever you can save money in a business, it, it just increases your profitability. But it also, as you said, cash flow has been a huge issue for just about everybody. I've spoken to some of the biggest businesses in South Africa, you know, restaurant chains that basically lived on bank overdrafts during COVID because there was no, you know, there was, there was no source of income. If you're a restaurant chain and things are closed, you got no money. So everybody has experienced this. And it, as cruel as it's been, it really has, you know, kind of thinned the herd. The, the companies left behind. Everyone keeps telling us and telling me because uh, we had we had a we had a stormy year, should I say, with stuff. Um, but ultimately, we were profitable, and we were profitable because we changed how we did things. And I suppose your Bank Zero is a brilliant example, not just here, but like everywhere. That you know, with deep understanding of something, you can find. A, a new way to do things. I, I wish I came up with this, the following line. It, it wasn't me. And in fact, it's been attributed to quite a lot of different people. But the line is, don't waste a good crisis. Yes. People have had to adapt. Um, very, very sad for those that didn't make it. Yeah. And made it because they adapted. And certainly my message to businesses out there would be, amongst other things, consider bank zero. You know, there's yeah. no barrier to entry. Um, the fees are... All the mechanic transactions are zero. I mean, all you could lose is a couple of minutes to open the account. But then some of your fund transfers, your debit orders, your payments, um, your card swipes are all for free. And on top, we even include your own personal QR code or your business's QR code. I saw that. And that's 4.5%, which is much less than credit card. So there's one way not waste a good crisis. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Winston Churchill, but man, it, it has been a quote that, that I've heard a lot of. In fact, that very often used about the presidents and the, the political situation in the country. But I, 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 I want to come back to this idea that the youngsters of the world are used to WhatsApp. I mean, it, it's owned by Facebook, which has its privacy problems. But as an experience, you know, it, it's it's the experience of the device that most people will come into the world with. Of, you know, I think about television, right? I've got this clock on my wall with that old TV sim- signal on it. Um, you know, that was. <laughs> the, I remember watching that with my sister. You know, when television launched. Nowadays, the youngsters don't consider television something you watch in a box. You watch it on YouTube or on your phone. You know, we we. We have to remember that there's a new generation coming along whose understanding of technique and and business model and interface is completely different to people, you know, generations 20 years, to people two generations older than them. It takes great foresight to see this is how it's coming. I think in retrospect, it's all going to look so incredibly easy. People are going to say, that was obvious. You know, you had a phone, you mobile, you know, you want to do stuff, you don't want to pay doing it. Um, it's, it's going to be, be very, very obvious. 
but but isn't that the fun of it, Toby? Is you've got to think where will the world be in three or five years' time, and then position your business accordingly. You've got to do it with Stuff Magazine. Every single business owner, you can't just answer tomorrow. You've got to say where is it going to be in five years' time. And here's another quote. Uh, this one, uh, at least we know who said it, was Wayne Gretzky. He says that when they asked him why he's such a good ice hockey player, he said it's because I don't go where the puck is I go to where the puck is going. I've loved that. I'd love, I've always loved that quote. Yeah. I, hope to, I hope that I'm the kind of person who gets to where the puck is going, but I probably don't. <laughs> no, but you've got to just say, what are the massive trends that are happening in the world and uh, which are the inevitable ones and make sure you don't fight them because your business is not going to work if you fight those trends. Well, I mean, speaking of which, we no longer call ourselves Stuff Magazine. We just call ourselves Stuff. We started as a magazine, but now we do all these other things. And we're, you know, as much as what is, as, as you're thinking about what does a modern bank look like, I've been thinking what does a modern business, media business look like? You know, we, we, you know, you have to publish on all sorts of platforms, do all sorts of things. And, and like you said, the, you know, the services are available in a way that were never before cloud based services. You know, it's, it's a, we live in a world where, so much is available for free, like you said, you know, Google, Facebook. I mean, there is a charge, as we've since discovered, in terms of our privacy. But this is the world people are coming into. The price, you know, as the Wired editor Chris Anderson once wrote in his book, the price is free. What do you do when the price is free? And I, and I agree that your business model is the way it should be. South Africa's banks have often been accused of, a, of an iniquity for the high banking fees. Um, you know, you're, you know this better than anyone else and you've created something where there aren't banking fees. Now that's, that's pretty good world changing, life changing innovation in, in my book. Well, thank you, Toby. Um, obviously proof is in the pudding. Um, and you know, it will all be about customer acquisition. You know, fortunately after announcing the launch, we've, we've really been overwhelmed. So we're still working away at the pipeline that exists. Um, there's more functionality to still be added. So right now you can open a business account on Android, not yet on iOS, um, but that will come soon. Um, and, you know, as we interact with customers, they come up with good suggestions and ways in which we can do things better. So it's all a bit of a virtuous cycle now, and, and hopefully it comes out. We've, we've worked out that we need 100,000 customers to break even. That's an important thing for us to do so, and um, also for credibility purposes. So that's the next big step for us. You know, we want to get to 100,000 customers, and then we'll probably have a really big celebration um, at the small offices or elsewhere. <laughs> That's great. I, I can't remember the figure, but I did see you tweet something or someone wrote something about how many people signed up in the first day or the first week. I, I don't think we've disclosed that, Toby, but I can just tell you that the staff are working very, very long hours to get it all done. Um, because, you know, at the back end, there are still some manual checks, particularly the know your customer requirements. You know, we want to make sure that it's squeaky clean. Um, and, and that's why we're staggering it. We're also making sure that, you know, if anything comes up, any bug, you know, anything that we can further improve, uh, that we take care of that. So, so right now, we, we're very, very happy with the customer numbers. We just hope we don't disappoint them by, you know, keeping them waiting for, for too long. Um, but that could be a matter of days. And, you know, then we'll probably go out there a little bit more 
um, aggressively and market and try and get the sign-ups going. Great. Well, listen, thank you for this, this interview. I mean, it's very impressive to hear what you're doing along with all the other things. I mean, I heard you mention 5Gs and it would be uh, wrong if I didn't say, how is your other little business? Um, Rain was the first company to do 5G in Africa, as far as I know. That was really fantastic. I, I wish we could claim that. I do think there was another operator that did one a 5G tower in Lesotho. Um, but I think we're pretty, pretty uh, certain of being ahead when it comes to the amount of 5G towers that are out there and the amount of petabytes that are consumed on 5G at any given month. Um, because the figures really are astounding. I just, I'm not at liberty to reveal them. But yes, we're very proud of 5G. We think 5G is actually a suitable competitor to fiber. And the reason we say that is um, it's price competitive, it's speed competitive. We think the unlimited offer drain is very competitive. But, you know, you also don't have to dig up your pavement um, to connect your house. You just buy a router, and you can even take that router to your holiday house if we've got 5G connectivity there too, which increasingly we will have. So it's an exciting time for South Africa where for very long we didn't really have the data dividend that some of the other markets in the world had. But, um, through 5G that drain's doing, but also through fiber, you know, the big conversion to fiber, also through mobile data prices coming down. Uh, it's going to be a very different future where people are going to use digital services for everything from online shopping to online education to Zoom calls to podcasts like you and I are doing it there now. You know, um, we're just following the world, the big trends in the world. We may be years behind, but it's kind of inevitable where we're going, and it's all going to revolve around more data. I have to completely agree. In fact, I know people who take their, their rain routers with them when they go down to the coast. Um, and uh, it's a great solution. Well, there you go. Michael, you're done changing the world in two different ways, from banking to internet access. Um, thank God uh, for you, our favorite celebrity banker. It really, really isn't me. I, I just have the good fortune, again, to be surrounded by people who are better than me. And you know, my, my only, like, I'm like a one-trick pony. My only trick is identifying them um, and then hanging on you know, for my life's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, that, that's a pretty impressive trick, I've got to say, you know. Um, so you are my favorite celebrity banker, one-trick pony. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> uh, I appreciate, as always, the nomenclature. Great. Thank you, Michael, and good luck. I much appreciate that. And the best to you, Toby. Thank you. You've been listening to T2S2, where we speak to interesting people about interesting things. Please subscribe and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts.